0: morning, and welcome to uh, New Life Church of Mobile. Thank you guys for joining in with us this morning. And I know tomorrow already mentioned it, that it's a, it's a good day and it's joy on the inside, even when LSU lost. And um, but what made it a lot better is that Alabama lost too, so it's always a good day when the tide lose. It's always a good day in the house. See, there's a shout in the house. See, I got an amen right there. It's, it's always a shout in the house when Alabama loses. So, uh, so we rejoice and thank the Lord for his many roll blessings tide. that he bestowed on us. Oh God, yeah, they roll right down the drain, too. So <laughs> see how that worked out for them in Texas A&M. So, <laughs> hey, we already know our season over with. So it's, might as well see mother, other people's season get destroyed, too. But it's okay, because we'll have a new coach next year, and we'll be back to where we should be. Sorry, Coach O, but it's time. Well, this is week 11, man, 11 weeks. For the past, for the past three months, we've been in our blueprint, I'm sorry, blueprint series where we've been building on wisdom. And for 11 weeks, we've been building on wisdom, y'all. And as a pastor, one of the things that, that I love is seeing people move forward in their relationship with God. Because I don't care how long you've been saved, you could be saved for two months 30 years. It doesn't matter. We'll never get to the point where we feel like I've arrived in my understanding and wisdom of who God is. We always need to grow. And what I feel like the church as a, as a whole, the church has done a poor job of what it means to be a follower of Christ. What the church has done is said this, is that the church has said that when you follow God, it'll make your life better. When you follow God, he'll give you more stuff. When you follow God, he's going to give you that dream job that you wanted. When you follow God, he's going to give you that house you wanted. He's going to give you a better car. He's going to give you that wardrobe you wanted. And they've made God to be that success in God means the more stuff that you obtain. But that's not what Jesus told his disciples at all. What Jesus told his disciples was this. He said, are you able to drink from the same cup of bitterness that I'm about to drink of? But we don't want to talk about that (laughs) because that don't feel good. That, that don't make me feel good. That don't make me want to get up and shout and dance. In the church, they, what we want to do is we want to put this image on of we want to impress you. Because if I can impress you with stuff, then that means that, that that ooh, I, that's the God I want because I'm impressed by the stuff that you have. But that's not the gospel at all. That's not the gospel at all. Am I saying that God doesn't want you to have nice things? No, I'm not saying that at all. God does want you to have nice things. But when that becomes the priority and the, and, the, and the basis of our message, then we've missed the mark at all because everything that we do, everything that we talk about should illuminate Jesus Christ. Everything that we should do should always draw people back to Jesus Christ. So whenever I stand up here and preach to you, I'm not trying to impress you with how much I know about the word that's right. Amen. because, first of all, that's arrogant, <laughs> and that does nothing for you. Me trying to explain to you how much I know about the word is arrogant and prideful, and it does absolutely nothing for you, and it's not the gospel. So for the past 11 weeks, all we've been trying to do is highlight wisdom so that you can say, how do I find God and navigate uh, in my life through wisdom in this world? Because this world is difficult, y'all. And we walk through so many things that you say, well, God, I thought you were on my side. What, what's going on? I started pursuing you, and things not working out the way that I thought it, did. it, it should. So what do I need? You need wisdom. So we've been highlighting wisdom for the past Eleven weeks, and if you missed any of the sermon series, I I I encourage you to go back. If you download our app, you can listen to all the messages on the app. If you have Spotify, you can listen to all the messages there, or you could go to our Facebook page, and you could watch all the message messages there as well. But the past eleven weeks, we've been building on wisdom, and today, what we're going to highlight in our uh, finale of the series is we're going to highlight wisdom and faith, wisdom and faith, because we need both wisdom and faith. To navigate this life. But the thing is, you have to know how to use both. Because you can't just say, I'm just going to live on faith and don't have wisdom. And you can't say, I'm just going to live on wisdom and don't have faith. So today we're going to highlight both of them. And I believe that today is going to help you so much in your relationship with God, but also just navigating this thing called life. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord God, for. Who you are in our lives. We thank you for these past 11 weeks that you've opened up our heart to wisdom, to speak a new perspective, to show us different things about you and our journey with you. And I thank you that you opened up our hearts to receive from you today. We thank you for who you are and what you're gonna do in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, wisdom and faith. If you're following with us, or you can uh, download our app, you can go to the app. All the notes from this and all the other sermons are on the app as well. So, you can go back and follow along the notes. Uh, but today's message is wisdom and faith, wisdom and faith. And we're going to pick up in Proverbs chapter 8, starting in verse 22. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 22. Remember, we're talking about wisdom. Blueprints is building on wisdom. So we need to, Proverbs is filled with wisdom. It's, this book is, this uh, book is filled with wisdom. This chapter is filled with wisdom. So we're going to dive into that in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 22. It says, the Lord formed me. From the beginning, before he created anything else, I was appointed in ages past at the very first before the earth began. I was born before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth their waters, before the mountains were formed, before the hills I was born, before he had made the earth and the fields and the first handfuls of soil. Verse 27, I was there when he established the heavens, when he drew the horizon on the oceans. I was there when he set the clouds above, when he established springs deep in the earth. I was there when he set the limits of the seas so they would not spread beyond their boundaries. When he marked off the earth's foundations, I was the architect at his side, talking about wisdom. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence. And how happy I was with the world he created, how I rejoiced. With the humanity, with the human life, I'm sorry, with the human family. Two things there. I was the architect, and it also says how I rejoice with the human family. So we see through this what we're reading that wisdom was with God from the very beginning. So when God orchestrated heaven and earth, wisdom was the architect at his side that he used to create what we see today. And wisdom is the bridge between uh, God's wisdom or the vision that God has. In reality. So, God had a vision of what he wanted the earth to look like. So, with wisdom, he used that, and in, in His with wisdom, his vision became a reality. He used wisdom to put his vision into reality. God uses wisdom to govern the universe. Everything that was created is under his rule, and for the purpose and the intent for everything that he created. So, let's just break this out. So, what does all this mean? It means this. It means that God the father, that he said one day, you know what? I want to be in fellowship. I want to be in fellowship with man, with the human family as we just read. So you know what he did? He said, I want to be in fellowship with man so bad, I have to create something where man can dwell. So he created the earth. So God's original intent was that he created the earth so that there will be a place where we could dwell to be in fellowship with with him. That was his original intent, is that we could be in fellowship with God in the cool of the day, that we could spend all of our time, all of our, our days rejoicing and, and being in fellowship and relationship with God. So he created the heavens and the earth, where he created, the, I'm sorry, the earth that we could be here to live on so we could be in fellowship with him. And God did exactly that. After he created the earth, he created Adam. And then they says that they walked in front of the fellowship, and he saw that it was not good for man to be alone, and he created Eve. And there we are. We started off our journey with God, God's perfect creation, because everything that God creates is perfect. Yes. Everything he creates is perfect. There's no fault. There's no blemish. There's no mistakes. Everything God creates is perfect. And we begin this journey in our fellowship with God, but a strange thing happened. Sin entered the land. Sin entered the land, and at some point, God realized that man's heart is bent towards evil. Instead of having their heart's desire be fixed and focused on me like I originally intended, then man's heart started being bent towards evil, and then they started pushing me away. But then they'll start saying, I'm pursuing God, but really I'm pursuing things, but I still have a relationship with God. Excuse me. I still have a relationship with God. But then that's when God said, you know what? We got to start all over because man has gone away from the original intent in which I created him to be. And when things get out of order, things don't work and function in the way that they should. The byproduct of the way the world is today is because we have gotten away from the original intent of what God created from the very beginning. He created the heaven, the earth for us to be a place for us to live, a place for us to dwell, to be in relationship with him. But what we said is, do you see the creation that God built? I want this for myself. I want more and more of this earth. I want more and more of these things. And then as a byproduct, we push God away. So now do you see why we need wisdom to orchestrate and to navigate this life? Because there are so many things pulling on you that will say on this earth that God created. And everything that God created is perfect. But we have to use wisdom and faith to go back to say, God, what is your original intent that you created to get things back in order? Because when things get out of order, it brings chaos. What is this world full of? Chaos. Why is it full of chaos? Because there's so much disorder. We have gotten away from the original intent of what God created and intended for us to be. So we need wisdom. And not only wisdom, but faith to get back there because there's going to be things in life that you walk through that you're going to need some faith to get over. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some things that's going to happen that you're like, God, I don't understand what in the world is going on. So you're going to need some faith. Yeah. So today we're going to highlight wisdom and faith. We need both of those things. Amen. Yeah. Because God is a God of order. He wants us to get back to his original intent of what he created. And when God told Moses to build the tabernacle the guy say, hey, he gave him instructions of how he wanted to build the tabernacle. When Moses started, did he say, after the first day, did he say, Moses, I'm so glad you cleared the ground. I'm so glad you got the plans in place. Now I'm going to bring my presence inside the tabernacle. No, God didn't do that at all. He waited until the tabernacle was completed. All the incense were in the right place that everything was aligned. And when everything was finished, then he put his presence in the tabernacle. When God fed, when Jesus fed the 4,000, he didn't just feed the 4,000. He said, sit them in groups of 50 and 100. And when they did that and he established order, then the miracle happened. So there's so many stories that I could give you that God is a God of order. And what our lives need is order. And how do we get order? By wisdom and by faith. Y'all tracking with me? Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. So what does all this mean? This means that wisdom is the means by which God created everything. Heaven is a place that was not created. Wisdom is what governs the natural world. Faith is what governs the supernatural world. Wisdom governs the natural world. Faith governs the supernatural. So the first thing, if you take a note, write this down. Wisdom is the blueprint for the natural universe. Wisdom is the blueprint of the natural universe. So anything that you experience with your five senses, that's governed by wisdom. Anything you touch, taste, smell, feel, or hear, those things are governed by wisdom. You need wisdom to govern this world. Everything is governed by with your finances. That's governed by wisdom. Anything that you you need wisdom in your how many of you know you need wisdom in your finances and your relationships. You need wisdom in your relationships, how to navigate relationships. You need wisdom in our physical health. We need uh, wisdom in our physical health. And I know that there are certain things that happen, but we still need wisdom to govern our bodies, to make sure that, hey, am I getting the most out of my body by what, watching what I'm putting in? Am I using wisdom with my physical exercise? All these things on the earth are governed by wisdom. God's original intent was not for us to have jacked up relationships, debt, and take medication for everything. That was not his original intent. He didn't have, he didn't he, uh, re- remember, his intent was us to be in fellowship with him, not have jacked up relationships. His original intent was for us to be in, in, in control and, dom- and rule over everything, not to be in debt. His intent was to be in perfect health, not to take, my, oh, I feel a little something coming on. Let me pop my pills. I feel a little depressed. Let me go ahead and pop these pills. I'm having a bad day. I need something to take the edge off. no. That was not God's original intent. So we need wisdom to realize how do I govern this life. So if wisdom was the architect that side when he created the world and the human family, we need to go back to his original plan and the pursuit of God for our best life. The only way you could do that is by wisdom. We need wisdom to go back to find out what is the, the, the blueprint or what is the plan that God originally had from my life so we see that anything that you deal with in the natural world you need wisdom but also this is the second thing you can write this down faith like wisdom is the blueprint for the natural universe faith is the gateway to the supernatural world faith is the blueprint or faith is the gateway to the supernatural world faith governs everything that's invisible you can't experience God except by faith everything pertaining to the to faith, is something that you, I'm sorry, everything that pertains to God or the supernatural can only be experienced by faith. So I want you to ask yourself this. When is the last time you walked up to salvation and you said, oh, boy, I saw that salvation and it sure look good. I just walked up to that salvation and it called my name. No, that's not something that you can see with your senses. That's something that you can only experience by faith. So the supernatural is governed by faith. When's the last time you said, boy, I walked in that church building and then speaking in tongues was just right there for me. I just looked at him and I knew that was for me. No, being filled with the spirit can only be received by faith. It's the super. It deals with the supernatural. It, miracles. Yeah. I, I, when's the last time you saw a miracle? Like you just, like you could just pin, like that's the miracle right there. It's got a blue shirt on. And no, you can't see that. What is it? It's received by faith. The supernatural is governed by faith, but this natural world is governed by wisdom. And we have to distinguish which one do I use and when do I use both? Because we could get so tripped up in these things. Baptism, being used by God, all these things are governed by faith. We have to exercise and exercise our faith to receive these things. Amen. Faith is the only way that you can communicate with God. Wisdom will unlock his principles, but only faith will bring you into his presence. I can use all God's principles, whether you save saved or unsaved, God's principles work. It don't matter if you save saved or unsaved. You use wisdom and God's principles, guess what? It will work. But it's only by faith that you will experience him. In his presence. Wisdom can't help you with that. You need faith. So if you want to experience God in a real way, you need to experience him by your faith. You have to exercise your faith in order to experience God in a real way. God's principles applied, whether saved or unsaved, they work, y'all. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. But this is the third thing. Faith brings life, but wisdom makes it abundant. Faith brings life, but wisdom makes it abundant. Why are there so many Christians that love the Lord, that's going to be in heaven, but they live a miserable life? They have no joy. They have no victory. Always defeated. Always discouraged. Why is that? Because they hadn't used wisdom to figure out how to live the, the abundant life. Faith will bring you life. Wisdom makes it more abundant. If a person is not living an abundant life, that means that they have not applied wisdom. The abundant life has nothing to do with faith. It has everything to do with wisdom. So faith, I can get eternal life. That's one thing. But just because I have eternal life doesn't mean that I have abundant life. Abundant life only comes by wisdom, not by faith. But sometimes we get it confused. I was like, I have to have faith to get the abundant life. Well, yes, that's a good thing. You need faith, but you also need wisdom to get that abundant life. Faith will get you eternal life, but wisdom will make it abundant. Faith is what motivates, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to break it down for you, I'm going to make it clear. Faith is what motivates tithing, but wisdom is what makes it, what makes the blessing work for you. I'll say it again. Faith is what motivates tithing, but wisdom is what makes the blessing work for you. So what does that mean? That means that you can tithe, but still go rack up a whole bunch of credit card debt. That means I can tithe my finances, and then I can rack up a whole bunch of credit card debt, and then at the end of the month I have no more money left, and I'm like, God, what in the world is going on? Well, the problem is, is that you blew all your money because you didn't use wisdom to manage it. And now that you blew all your money and you didn't use wisdom to manage it, now you think tithing doesn't work. Well, I tried to tithe, it don't work. Yes, but did you use wisdom to manage your finances? You see, tithing is a principle that it does work, but wisdom says this is how you make it abundant. So now that I tithe, that is a principle that it guarantees you it will work. But if you're still tithing and you're still burning all your money and not managing it well with wisdom, you can't look at God and say, God, what's going on? This tithing thing doesn't work. You have to say, God, why hadn't I used wisdom to make my finances abundant? Because when you can take inventory over your finances, that's a principle. Yes, it works, but you need wisdom to make it abundant. When you talk about your health, or your finance, your fa- whatever you want to talk about, you need faith to believe it. Yes, but faith, wisdom makes it abundant. How do you make relationships better? By wisdom. Yeah. If you say, my relationships are jacked up, how do I make them better? Use wisdom. Because if you don't have wisdom to know how to make it better, you can have all the faith in the world. But there are certain wisdom things that you need to use. to Like, what, well, what do you mean, Pastor? How do I use wisdom? Well, how about serving one another? How about putting that other person before yourself? But you don't know what they did to me. They don't deserve that. Well, wisdom says it doesn't matter. I still serve them because of my love that I have for them. But see, if you don't have wisdom, you won't do that. And because of that, you don't receive the abundance of happy relationships because you hadn't used wisdom. I know y'all are quiet in here. People have this problem when they haven't discovered yet in their walk and governed by wisdom and faith. So people, they don't realize yet how to use wisdom and faith. So what they say is, I have faith to believe that I'm going to be a millionaire, but you don't have the wisdom to get there. Think about all these athletes. In a blink of an eye, overnight, they get multi-millions of dollars. And then a few years later, they're broke. Why? Because they don't have wisdom to, use their, to, to manage their finances. Just because they get the money, that's great. But the wisdom is, how are you going to maintain that and live off of it? How are you going to make it abundant? And if you don't use wisdom, you see, you can't just use faith. When it comes to things in this world, yes, you have to have faith for the supernatural, but most of all, we need wisdom. We need wisdom. Can y'all see why we need wisdom now? Because some of us, we've been living off of faith. I'm just, ooh, I just got faith that God's going to turn my situation around. But the truth is, if God does turn your situation around because you don't use wisdom, you're going to lose it. You're going to be right back in the same spot you were because you didn't use wisdom to manage what God has given you. And you're always going to be back in this perpetual state of, God, well, I tried to trust you, but it just don't work out. Things don't just work out for me. Every time I take one step forward, I take two steps back. Why is that? Because you hadn't used wisdom. That's what this whole series is about. We need wisdom, y'all. Wisdom. Fourth thing, faith is the only way to please God. Wisdom is the path to honor him. Faith is the only way to please God. Wisdom is the path to honor him. Wisdom will give you a platform to talk about your faith. Wisdom will give you a platform to talk about the faith. I want to paint a scenario for you guys. Say I live in your neighborhood. And you pass by my house every day, and my grass is five feet tall. It looks like a junkyard of cars in my yard. You, not trash is everywhere. Then you see me come outside, and I say, hey, brother and sister, let me talk to you about Jesus. <laughs> Do you want to hear what I have to say? No, you're going to be looking. Why, why I wanna come to your house? Look at how... You see your house? Why would I want to listen to anything you have to say? What, is the, what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is this, is that wisdom would give you a platform for your faith to speak. But you have to know how to use wisdom in your life to make sure that your life is an example so your faith can speak. So if I'm living my life and my life is out of order, how in the world will I expect my words to carry weight? Or, why in the world would I expect someone to listen to what I have to say if my life is out of order? So it doesn't work like that. Right. Why would I? So, if, if tomorrow and I, if our marriage was all jacked up, y'all see us fighting everywhere we go. Every time y'all see us, we fighting, we arguing. We, it's a throwdown. Y'all like, well, do we need to call the cops? Are they okay? <laughs> but then we say, oh, once y'all come to our office for marriage counseling, we can help y'all out. <laughs> y'all could be like, man, I don't want to talk to y'all. Y'all crazy. Why is that? Because the example of what we've displayed is not something that you want to model. So it doesn't matter what my faith says. Wisdom says I've destroyed my platform. Wisdom will give you the platform for your faith to speak. You just have to make sure that your platform is in order. And that's another problem with the church again, because we've made the platform look like if you dress a certain way, if you drive a certain thing, if you look a certain way, guess what? Now I want you to be impressed by my things. I want you to get impressed. That's why I don't like wearing flashy clothes and suits and stuff like that, because I don't want people to get the wrong impression of that's what being a Christian means. That don't have nothing to do with nothing. (laughs) What matters is your example. Your example is what matters. And we get that twisted in the the Christian society. We look at the person that's got all the the, the bling bling and the nice cars and the houses, and we look at all their influence on Instagram, and, ooh, that's who I want to model. Be careful. Be careful. Make sure that your platform is in order. Amen. Amen. The more out of order your life is, the harder it will be to get those areas in order. Y'all mighty quiet in here. It's good. Y'all mighty quiet in here. The more you put your life in order and allow God's word to invade your heart, the more fruitful you will be for the kingdom of God. Now, the thing with order is this, is that order could be something that's very overwhelming to you. I'm talking about order now, and you're looking like, man, I'm thinking about things out of order. And just thinking about trying to change things in your heart, you get overwhelmed. So you're like, I don't, my life's such a mess, I don't even know where to start. What is that? That's chaos. There's so much chaos and disorder that it overwhelms you to try to put your life back in order. And what we do is we say, well, God, I, it's too hard to try. I just might as well go back and do things that the way I was doing it, because it seemed like it was easier. no. What it is is that you just don't want to put things in order because it takes time. It takes discipline to put things back in order. But again, we have to use wisdom to go back. What was God's original intent from the beginning? All the things that you experienced in your life, ask yourself, is this God's best for my life? Just a simple question. I don't know your life. I'm not trying to judge your life. I'm just trying to help you with your life. The things that you're walking through right now, do you feel like that's God's best for your life? If you say no in any of those areas, you have to ask yourself, I need to put these areas in order. Amen. When God begins to work on our hearts and point things out and move things on our benefit, it's not fun and we feel like God is punishing us. Mm-hmm. God, why are you always picking on me? God, you're always pointing stuff out. Every time God, and, and we, we could paint God as this mean person, but it's not. He's saying, I'm trying to put things in order so you can live the life that I've called you to live but it's going to call you and require you to get things in order. And order is not something that we like. You know what's funny? And everything that we do here at the church, we start on time. If we say it starts at 10 o'clock, we're going to start at 10 o'clock. It don't matter if tomorrow night are only two in the room, we're going to start at 10 o'clock. If we say it starts at 6.30, guess what? It's going to start at 6.30. So whatever time we say it's going to start, you can guarantee you it's going to start at that time. Because things are in order. But you know what it does? We don't have to say anything. You know what people tell us? Ooh, I I know time getting close, so I got to start rushing to make sure I get there on time. What is that? That's order. Order. I don't have to say anything. That's the Lord working in your heart that you realize my life is so out of order that I need to start getting things in order to be there on time. That's not me saying anything. That's the Lord's working in your heart, pointing things out. So I don't have to say anything. We just have to be an example and say, we're going to start on time. And when you bring things in order, guess what? God begins to show you things in your life that's out of order, and you begin to realize, oh, I need to tighten up. Yes. But then it, that's when it starts, ooh, this is, ooh, I, I don't know if I can go to that church because they, they, they for real. <laughs> Why do people like going to churches that foolishness transpires? Because they ain't foolishness. Because it's easy to hide. When things aren't in order and, and the preacher, preacher talking about whatever, it's easy to go to those churches because it makes you feel good about your life. Oh, I know I'm better than him. I know I'm better than her. And it makes you feel good about yourself. But when God starts messing with you and putting things in order, it causes your flesh to want to run. Oh, I can't hear that message because it's going to be speaking too much truth. And they talking to me, so I, I can't handle that right now. So I, I just need to go somewhere else because they don't take all that. But just keep living your life the way you want to. I'm just trying to help you. I'm, just, I'm not trying to impress you. I'm not trying to flatter you. I just want you to draw closer to God. And what God wants for your life is order. And when you think, put things in order in your life, I promise you, that's when life gets better. It don't get better just by following God. It gets better when you put things in order. That's the part that people tell you when it comes to Christ. Oh, follow Christ. It'll make your life better. No, your life gets better when you put things in order. But guess what? It's painful. (laughs) It is a painful process to get things in order. But guess what? The fruits of it is the abundant life. You want the abundant life? Put things in order. This is the fifth and final thing. Faith is the adventure, but wisdom is the guide. Faith is the adventure, but wisdom is the God. Faith will cause you to step out into the plan of God for your life, while wisdom, wisdom will help you get there in the right way and see the intended results that you were meant to have. You know, faith is nothing but an adventure. When you step out in what God wants for you, that's an adventure because you're stepping into the unknown. That's why it takes faith. But when you get there and you step out, wisdom says, Now let me help you navigate. So the things that you're stepping out into, it goes the way that God intended for you to do. Yeah. Have you ever stepped out into something that you thought was God, was not God at all? And then when you got there, it blew up in your face? Why is that? Because you didn't use wisdom. You just step, Oh, I'm going to step out and adventure. Yeah, but make sure you use wisdom. Because if you just step out, faith is the adventure. We need the adventure. We need faith, but we also need wisdom to govern us and to guide us to make sure that we're on track and we don't miss the mark. You know, it took extreme faith for tomorrow and I to step out here to move from Baton Rouge to Mobile. I'm telling you, it took extreme faith to say, you know what, we're gonna leave our house, we're gonna leave our church. We're going to leave my family, our family. We're going to leave all these things. Camden's going to have to change schools. We're going to have to do all these things to step out into something that's unknown to us. But guess what? Stepping out in faith is one thing. Now we're here. Faith got us here. Now I need wisdom to guide us. So I can't just say, oh, God, I stepped out on faith. You got to do what you do. No. Now God's saying, now I need you to seek me for wisdom to get, so I can give you the plan and the guide to make sure that it goes the way that I intended it for it to go. So many times prematurely, we'll step out there in faith and adventure, but we don't seek God for wisdom to say, God, I'm stepping out, but what's the, what's the God? Give me the wisdom that I need to guide this adventure that you put me on. Because that's all life is. Life is nothing but adventure when you're following God. Because you're constantly going to be stepping out into things that you have no idea what you're doing. But it doesn't matter because you're with the one that knows what's, what's going on. But you need to seek him for wisdom to be your God. Amen. You can't live your life on faith alone. You need wisdom as your guide. Not only that, but you need wisdom to know who to pursue to help guide your life. I'm amazed by the people that, I'm amazed by people when they tell me who they admire and who they get advice from. At this point, it honestly, it doesn't really shock me. When people, oh, I look up to such and such. When I go through something, I talk to such and such. I'm like, well, I can see. Your life is evident that that by the decisions you make, I can tell who you've been talking to. I can tell who you look up to. But you need wisdom to know who can I go to as a guide to help me get through this life. I just want to talk about my pastors for a second. Jonathan Stocksdale. Also, his father, Larry Stocksdale. Those are tomorrow night pastors. For 30 something years, there have been my pastors. And when you have a pastor or a person that exemplifies what an example of a godly leader should be, things begin to change and your perspective begins to shift. So things that would impress certain people, they don't impress you anymore. I'm not impressed by titles. You know, I'm a pastor. People love to come and tell me, oh, I'm a doctor. I'm, I have this degree. I, I, I'm, a, I'm an evangelist. I'm a this and that. I'm like, OK, that's great. But what is your lifestyle? What does that reflect? That's what impresses me. I don't care about what you have. I don't care about what you know. I care about the lifestyle and the example. Can I follow that? Yeah. Now, if your lifestyle and your example match what you're talking about, then you got something. But if you're just telling me all the things that you have and what you've done, because people love to talk about their accomplishments. Oh, I've done this, this, and that, and okay, that's great, but how's your lifestyle? How's your marriage? Are your finances in order? I don't need to know them, but are they in order? See, what, what impresses me is the example, the lifestyle. I don't care about the stuff. They got a lot of celebrity pastors out there, and we see them fall all the time, but they got all the followers, Everybody loved to follow them. Oh, did you hear such and such message? It was so good. But then two weeks later, oh, they they cheated on their wife. I don't care. That stuff doesn't impress me. But the thing why it doesn't impress me is because of the example that I had followed before me. And that's who I said, you know what? This is a lifestyle worth modeling. This is a lifestyle that I want to get close to and I want to get to know this man because this is something I can model my life after. So you have to be careful of the people that you said you're impressed by because if you're impressed by stuff, you'll be impressed by people that have stuff and that's all you want. Or you're not talking about what I want to talk about. Why is that? Because I'm not talking about how to to get a bigger closet or how to get a better. I'm not, well, if if that's what you're looking for, I'm sorry, this is not going to be the church for you. But some people, they, they, that's what they want to hear because that's what they live for. Right. They live for the stuff. Faith is an adventure, but it's not an adventure to get more stuff. Amen. It's an adventure to be fruitful for the kingdom of God. Amen. Faith is an adventure to live to say, you know what, God, when I stand before you on judgment day, I want my life to be an example that many others can follow and say, because of this person's example, I am hit the mark. I fulfilled the mission and accomplished everything that God has for me. And as a result of that, this is the fruit of souls that have been a byproduct of the way that I lived. But you don't get that unless you step out in faith in the adventure, but also seek God for the wisdom on how to get there. And the blueprint for wisdom might not necessarily be the thing that you want. So be careful. Everybody, how many of you want to be used by God? Pretty much everybody in this room, hand is up. Be careful. It might not be what you think. It might not be what you think. I never would have thought being used by God would cause me to move to another state. Because, you know, sometimes following God means abandoning everything. Following God can mean abandoning everything. What do you mean? You mean those old relationships. God can say for you to get where you want to go, you got to leave those relationships behind. But God, they've made my friends since we was lit. It don't matter. They're not going where you're going. They don't have the plan for your life. I do. It's an adventure. Be careful. I'm just trying to warn you. It's a life worth living, though. It's the only thing that would truly satisfy you. To be used by God is the greatest joy you will ever experience in life. I don't I'm telling you, I've seen people, I've seen millionaires, I've seen all types of people personally live a life that, that you would feel like, I want that life, but are miserable because they're not being used by God. But I've seen those same people turn their life around to God and be f- more fulfilled by God than the things that they have. And the lifestyle that they live, you wouldn't even know that they're millionaires because they're being so fulfilled by God that you're like, this person's a millionaire? They don't even look like it because they're not impressed by the stuff. And because they're not impressed by the stuff, guess what? God gave it to them because he knew I could trust them with the blessing and the abundant life because I know their hands are going to be open to give it away. When God calls you for the adventure, he's calling you to step out to be a blessing to others, not necessarily for yourself. Yes, he will provide all your needs. He will provide everything that you need. But along the way, what he's looking for is people to say, I have an open heart and an open hand to give it all away. And when you give it all away, guess what? He's going to bless you with more. But you can't get that until you get things in order, though, and step out on the adventure. So as we see, wisdom is for the natural world. Faith is for the supernatural. We need both. But we also need God's wisdom to say, God, when do I use faith and when do I use wisdom? When do I use faith and when do I use wisdom? Because we need both. We can't have one. You can't just say I'm a person of faith and not use wisdom. You can't just be a person of wisdom and not use faith. You need both. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. I'm finished. That's 11 weeks of wisdom. And I pray that it encourages and draws you closer to God because we need wisdom, y'all. If anything that the church needs, we need wisdom. Because there's so many things that's pulling on our attention, so many things that can seem like it's God, but it's not God at all. Because what I know, when I surrender my life to God, when I begin to follow God, there are going to be some things that go that I'm not sure, God, what are you doing? It's gonna make me want to question God. But it's in those moments I need my faith to come in strong. And when faith rises up on the inside of you, it's like you feel like you could go bear hunting with a switch. You feel like, boy, I can do anything when faith arises on the inside of you. When God ignites faith in you, it moves you to action. It causes you, I gotta do something. Well, what do I got? I don't know what it, it don't matter. It just caught you, just something stirs up on the inside of you feel like, man, I got to do something with my life. That's what this whole 11 weeks is about. It's to stir you in wisdom that you say, I got to do something with my life. I'm not just serving God just to serve God, but I want to make an impact for the kingdom. I want to make an impact in my family. I want to make an impact in my neighborhood. Because when you get there, that's the fulfilled life. That is the blessed life. And that is a life worth living for. I'm just going to ask everyone just to bow their heads and close their eyes and you're in here today, you're watching online, and you say, you're talking about all these things, but if I were to be honest, I don't don't have a relationship with God at all. I want to be close to God. I want to follow God, but there's just some things that's been pulling on me that, that I realize I need to let go and surrender in order to follow God. So if you're in here today and you say, God, I want to be in relationship with you. I want to follow you. I want to spend all of eternity in your presence, worshiping you, bowing at your feet, telling you how thankful I am that you saved me. You want to draw closer to God. You want a relationship with him with no one looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want you to lift your hand, and I want to pray for you. You want to come in a relationship with God, just raise your hand. Amen. 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 You can put your hand down. I'm just going to ask everyone just to place their hand over their heart. Just repeat this after me. Say, Holy Spirit, thank you for saving me. I thank you, Lord, that today, that this is the day that I've truly surrendered and turned my back on the world. And today, I promise to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all, give a hand clap for those that made a decision to follow Christ. Man, that's the greatest decision that you will ever make. Your name is now written in the Lamb Book of Life. That's the greatest decision you ever make, y'all. Greater than who you marry or where you work. Surrendering your life to the Lord is the greatest decision you will ever make. And if you made that decision to follow Christ, and the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, uh, I made a decision. Or uh, you, let's connect, I'm sorry. F- fill that out. Uh, let us know that you made that decision. You can drop it in on Offering Time. And we love to connect with you if you're watching online. Just drop a comment in the comment section so we'll reach out to you throughout the week. But let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow Christ. Well, that concludes our Blueprint series. That's 11 weeks of wisdom. I encourage you, if you missed any of the weeks, you could go back on the platforms I mentioned, Spotify, download the app, our Facebook page. You can go back and listen to them, all the notes in there. And if you're watching online or you're watching the podcast, if you're prepared to give, you can give right now. At this time, there's two ways you could give. You could give on our app. You can download our app. You can give that way. Or you can go over to our website, which is newlifemobile.org. There's a link there you can give. Also, you can go to our Facebook page, get the address, and you can mail in a check as well. Well, we love you guys. We love to invite you out to prayer this Wednesday at 630. We'll be right here in the building at 630 for prayer. Love to worship with you and pray with you. But if not, we'll see you next Sunday at 10 a.m. We love you guys. Hope you all have a great week. We will see you all later. Amen. Amen. All right.